Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for listening. It's Wednesday, May the 5th. Hope you're okay. First today, police investigating the murder of Kent PCSO Julia James have released a photo showing what she was wearing the day she was killed. The 53-year-old had been walking her dog Toby last Tuesday afternoon before being found near Woodland, not far from where she lived, in Snowdown near Aylsham. The picture shows Julia wearing a light blue waterproof coat, blue jeans and dark boots. She'd been working from home that day, so wasn't in uniform. Detectives also want to speak to anyone who was within a rural area last Tuesday between 1 and 4.30 in the afternoon. You can see that picture of Julia and a map of the area in question at kentonline.co.uk. Well, last night, Boris Johnson said his thoughts are with the family and friends of Julia as candles were lit in her memory. Tracy lives nearby and says the suspected murder has had a big impact on the community. When you say hello to someone down the street, is, is it that person? You just, you don't know. But it, it makes you more aware. You've seen someone, you think, are they suspicious? Is, is that person suspicious? Following Julia's death, other residents in the rural hamlet are taking action to make themselves feel safer. Jacqueline has started a walking buddy group, so no one has to go out alone. She's been speaking to our colleagues at KMTV. It, it was a, a personal thing to start with, and I just sort of put myself out there and said, you know, happy to just, you know, if anyone's interested, um, happy to join anyone on their walks. And it kind of evolved into sort of something from there. And... Um, sort of more and more people seem to, to show an interest and then um, I think started off as a, a, a chat group and then the, the uh, um, sort of more social media inclined helped me put something else together and we did it as a, a, a you know, a Facebook group. Mm. Um, and it's only sort of in sort of early stages, but yeah, overall it's been a, a positive response. I've um, been getting quite a few um, sort of private messages from people um, you, you start to kind of hear um, some of the sort of personal sort of stories and some of the reasons why people are quite sort of nervous. Uh, I mean, obviously, I won't go into any detail, um, but just some of the sort of, uh, you know, a little bit sort of worrying sort of stories and the things that kind of women do actually experience, um, particularly if they're sort of going out um, doing sort of loan activities outdoors and that kind of thing. Kent so. Online News. Next today, we've got an update from Ashford following yesterday's explosion, which destroyed a house and left seven people in hospital. Our reporter, Alex G, is at the site for the Kent Online podcast. Alex, what's the situation there today? Well, as you may be able to hear behind me, it's very much all systems go still. We've still got a very large emergency presence uh, in this surrounding area. We've got fire services clearing debris around the houses so that inspectors can try and access the affected buildings and find out what caused the explosion. They brought in diggers and skips that are being filled very quickly and we're still having residents uh, coming by and observing. It's very much still a feeling of, of shock in the surrounding area, I would say. And earlier on, you spoke to a father and son who were absolute heroes yesterday. Can you tell us a bit about what they did? Yes, this was uh, Andy and Harry Hodges, who were a couple of uh, local guys who were um, on their way to work when the explosion happened. They said that they didn't even hear it, but uh, turned the corner and saw insulation falling down like snow. And without a second thought for their own safety they ran straight into the affected building and managed to retrieve uh, an elderly couple a mother and a son 
um, from the building that exploded before going back into a neighbouring building to recover another young woman. Uh, uh, having spoken to them, they were they were very modest, very bashful, um, but it is doubtless putting their own lives at risk and by all witness accounts they made it out with minutes at most to spare before the fire really took hold. Finally, any word on how the injured people are? Yes, well there have been several rumours flying around of various nature locally but what we do have confirmed from police and ambulance services is that, as we know, seven people were injured. Two of those were taken to a London hospital by air ambulance and the latest we've had today is that they remain there in a very serious condition. Obviously, all our thoughts are with them. Thanks ever so much, Alex. Now, as I'm sure you expect, some people had to spend the night away from their homes. Mandy Rossi helped those who were evacuated. Absolutely devastating. I mean, it's one of of your worst nightmares that that suddenly everything gets completely taken away. But, you know, that can be rebuilt. More importantly, it's, you know, people's, it's people's lives as well. Um, and, um, and of course, obviously, you know, within the community here, um, all of the, the areas being cordoned off, people have been evacuated. Um, and so we wanted to make sure people had somewhere to go to, that they had food and drink uh, and somewhere to wait it out. And everyone's just pulled together, um, as you would expect, as we always do in Ashford, um, to, you know, make sure everyone's safe and smiling oh and the the doctor surgery as well they've offered some counseling services um so yeah it's it's been fantastic response as we would expect because it's such a close-knit community around here an online fundraiser has been set up to help support those left homeless by the explosion thousands has been raised so far we've got a link at kentonline.co.uk where you can also see drone footage of the damage to the properties the kent online podcast a man's been arrested after a car ended up in a farmer's field on sheppey following a police chase the vehicle tried to get away from officers on the lower road at minster at kent online you can see pictures and video of the dramatic scene a 55 year old has been questioned and released on bail. It's been the last day of campaigning ahead of elections in Kent tomorrow. 81 council seats are up for grabs with people also voting for who they want to be the county's police and crime commissioner. Some big news breaking in Medway today. The University for the Creative Arts has announced it's planning on closing its campus in Rochester. Staff have just been told that bosses are looking to leave the towns by September 2023. Well, Matt Ramsden is the editor of our Medway Messenger newspaper. Matt, this will affect quite a lot of people, won't it? Yes, that's right. It will affect quite a lot of people across the Medway towns. We believe there's about a thousand students at the university. Added to that, about a hundred members of staff. Um, also, you've got a lot of people who are associated with the university, and the uh, disappearance of the campus will have a major effect across the economy uh, when it goes in two years' time. And any idea on what's prompted the decision? Bosses haven't shared the reasons for the decision to close the campus down, but our sources tell us that uh, it's been driven by uh, financial stresses, which uh, isn't surprising if you take into account um, the size of the site they've got to maintain. Um, I'm uh, sure that more details will come available in the coming days. Now, thousands of students have studied there over the years, haven't they, including a few famous names? Yes, absolutely. There's been many famous names who've studied there over the years, over the decades. Uh, Three that uh, come to mind straight away are Dame 
uh, Zandra Rhodes, the uh, designer, Karen Millen, the designer who has uh, shops all over the world, and jewellery designer Stephen Webster. Kent Online reports. Life-saving equipment is being sent from Kent to help in the fight against COVID in India. 20 million cases have been recorded in the country and hospitals are struggling to cope or provide enough oxygen. Money has been raised at the Gurdwara in Gravesend, so ventilators can be sent to the areas most in need. Jagdev Singh Verdi is General Secretary there. I asked all local communities in Kent to contribute toward getting some ventilators, uh, oxygen generators out to India as soon as possible. So speed is very much of the essence. Uh, We don't just want to send cash, it's actually to buy the equipment here, get it flown out to where it's needed. What we're hearing a lot is that uh, all all the news coverage is of Delhi, but we know that there's need in rural areas, in towns, all across the country. We've particularly got connections with Punjab, so the cities of Amritsar, Patiala, Ludhiana, there's three big cities which are very badly affected. And then the rural surrounding areas are now increasingly getting affected. So we want to work with charities that are already well established out there, who've got networks, who've identified where the needs are. And so we want to get these oxygen concentrators to them, to get them out to where where they really are needed. In the remote areas, they normally have to go into the big cities for any significant health care. So they've got small facilities locally. But once this COVID spreads within those areas, then they've got even fewer facilities than in the big cities, obviously. So there's even more of a need there. So the most of these ventilators, they're going to be going to Punjab, are they? Is that, that's the plan? Uh, that, that's our aim, um, because that's where we've seen the highest need from our direct connections in, in those areas. The range that's been requested has been 5 and 10 litres per second. And for that sort of quality, uh, the ventilators are around 220, 250 pounds each. Um, yeah, so we're looking at 100 of those, so around 22, 23,000 pounds for those, plus any cost for shipping. Although we're hoping that we're going to get some free shipping from uh, different either airlines or freight companies. We've also been speaking to Pooja Kaur, whose dad is currently stuck in Punjab. He had to go out in an emergency, so um, this was before India got put onto the red list. And um, yeah, now he's kind of stuck out there. He had to go out there because my aunt passed away. And um, yeah, so he couldn't make it back before (laughs) India got put onto the red list. But even then, the tickets were super expensive to come back. And um, yeah, and even now we're struggling to bring him back. But not only to bring him back, but then you also have to think about the future cost of you know self-quarantine self-isolation in you know in one of the government hotels which is quite extortionate as well so you have to think about all those factors and paying the extra cost of the ticket there was no indication that india was going to be put onto the red list i think if we had known that i don't think we would have sent um our dad out because obviously he's got his own health risks as well and i mean at the moment his return ticket's not until mid-august because we didn't know how long my aunt had um unfortunately she got diagnosed with cancer and um, she passed away last week, Wednesday, but then you still have the funeral and everything to organise, so there was no way we could have got him to come back. So now we're trying with the airline to bring him back, but the difference in cost you have to pay is quite extortionate. And at the moment he's just kind of at home isolating, because um, we've got a place out there, so we're quite fortunate in that sense. Um, so yeah, so he's just at home isolating and not, you know, going out or meeting anyone um, because he's got his own health risks. So he needs to be, yeah, sure what, what to... What health risks have you got? 
uh, my dad, he's got heart conditions. He's got asthma as well. Yep, and he's got high blood pressure, diabetes. Kent Online reports. Student flats in Canterbury are set to become a hotel for visitors during the summer. The five-storey high Palamon Court, which is home to more than 500 students in term time, could now be occupied from July to September too. The City Council have given the go-ahead to the idea, despite concerns it could lead to traffic problems as the building doesn't have any parking. Plans for a new development in Whitstable have been given the go-ahead, despite residents branding it a bulky blob. The four-storey building on Beach Walk will contain two shops and seven flats. It's been approved following an appeal after concerns were raised about pollution, parking and its appearance. Now, at Kent Online today, you can read about our investigation into a bogus news website that was copying our content. Kent Chronicle appeared online with supposed journalist bios and LinkedIn accounts, all of which turned out to be fake. This is the moment our reporter, Rhys Griffiths, asked sixth form student and social media entrepreneur Lawrence Moss about it. Are you aware of this website, Kent Chronicle? Um, yeah, so I have a... I don't actually want to talk about that because it's a separate project I've got going on. OK. Um, this is a project that you're working on yourself? Um, with a partner, yes. OK, so there's someone else involved in this at the moment. Yeah, and I don't... So, And so what, what's, what's the idea behind... Um, this website so I, I designed the website um, I don't get involved in like the content kind of distribution and whatnot okay um, and who, who are you working with on the project um, just like other people online yeah okay because um, we were just curious about this because um, a lot of the content here for example uh, does seem to be stuff that uh, this was a story that was recently run on there about yep. some renovation in Canterbury um, there's an uncanny resemblance to a story that was run on Kent Online. Yeah. And so do you know, having built the website, how it is that those stories from Kent Online are ending up... Are they, are they the exact same ones? Yeah, we're, we're finding that the content that um, is running on your site here, uh, down to the headline and the uh, image involved, is um, quite simply a duplication of, of stories on Kent Online's website. And we've actually looked through a number of stories on the Kent Chronicle and found that they're lifted in their entirety right. from Kent Online. Um, I mean, is that something you knew about? Is that something you were involved in the how that I, is happening? Literally, in the content, like I, I run quite a few different like um, startups at the moment. Like yeah. Greedy Growth is what I focus on. I yeah. do social media marketing. Um, but obviously I do own like, other websites and whatnot, yeah. and I do get involved in other things. Okay. But those things aren't like what I'm directly involved in, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Like if you if you look at that website, um, I wrote one article myself on mental okay. health about like last year. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely will speak to them about that because we have different ones going on. The site has now been taken down and the 17-year-old from Ryash has been in touch again and said in a statement... I've taken the website down from my end and we'll have a chat to my partner about why it was done in this way in the first place. He goes on to apologise and says it was not acceptable. Organisers of an Elmer the Elephant Art Trail in Maidstone are looking for volunteers to help run it. 51 decorated sculptures will be on display around the county town this summer to raise awareness and money for the Heart of Kent Hospice. It was postponed last year because of the pandemic. And an adventure golf course with a bar could be coming to Maidstone. The owners of Escape Rooms Prison Island, which can be found in the High Street, have applied for the venue to be expanded. They've been given the go-ahead from police to sell alcohol there despite concerns over antisocial behaviour and noise. Kent Online Sport.
Cricket and Kent Sam Billings has returned to the UK after the Indian Premier League was suspended indefinitely. As you heard earlier in the podcast, the country has been struggling to deal with a huge number of coronavirus cases and deaths. He's now starting his 10-day hotel quarantine and could then rejoin the county squad. Staying with Kent and they've signed Matt Quinn on loan from Essex for four county championship games. The bowler will go straight into the side for the match against Yorkshire, which gets underway tomorrow. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can keep up to date at kentonline.co.uk or via our socials. And you can also subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.